Blog Talk Radio. Well, uh, happy July Fourth, everybody. <laughs> Hit the button. Ah. Hit the button. Hit the button. I was trying. Yeah, I hit Come the on. damn button. Ah, uh, damn it. <laughs> I think this one works any better. La- I, I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Seth, Seth, David, <laughs> Sean Palmer here. Seth and Sean Sports Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and we have we have an an interesting third party here today. My buddy Sammy, and so if you hear me say Sammy, don't do that, or Sammy, do this. Sammy is my one of my good friend Robin's two-year-old son, and he is walking on a pier right now. We are in Maine, and we are having a great time, right, Sammy? Yeah. Yeah, we're having a great yeah. time. So, Sammy's a Sammy's guest of the show, and Seth. What's that? Sammy's taking Sammy's taking Jake's place today. Yes, because no. Seth is in the office on this lovely July Fourth week. Yeah, so, some of us do work for a living. Um. Hey, we do this. We do this show every year from Port, from Maine. This is a, this is a staple of the show. The July Fourth free agency bonanza from uh, from Maine, and so we didn't have a Kevin Durant signing this year, at least in the NBA. We kind of had one in the NHL, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's let's get to the NBA signing. So last night. Well, even before we get to that, wait, wait, wait. Yep, before we get to that, before we get to that, I wanted to start the show with either taps or so long farewell. Um, uh, your beloved Islanders, struggling for so many years with a stud player, they thought they were going to resign him. John Tavares, seven years, seventy-seven million to Toronto. You have a new stadium. You have a new arena in two years. How bad is this team? Mike, how bad is this team going to be? Yeah, uh, we're doing all right here. Um, so, I think it's stunning. I mean, it really is stunning for me that he left. It's stunning that could be on the Islanders next year. But at the same time, I I think it's very much similar to the way that LeBron James went down. I don't have a problem that he left. I have a problem in the way that he left. And part of that is, look, we all lambasted the, quote, decision a while back, and now I am lambasting the way that John Tavares did what he did. Nope. Nope. So I think that's the big deal for me. So, um... So the big deal is that he didn't have a good way of going about it. Other than that, I think he's absolutely entitled to go home. Well, I guess that kind of brings up the question. If he really didn't know he wanted to leave, do you think he knew during the year? Yes, absolutely. I, I, look, I have, I have a hard time believing. I think he was torn. I really do. I think he was torn with where he wanted to go. I think he was torn between whether he wanted to stay at the Islanders or go to Toronto. But if those were the only two teams that he was torn with, I have a really hard time with him taking all these meetings and saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to bring in the, the, 
the lightning. I'm going to bring in the sharks. I just have a hard time with the way that it went down. And the whole Twitter nonsense, look, we see time and time again that players disappoint their fans and believe that a Twitter message or believe that a Players' Tribune email is sufficient enough to deal with what happened. And I think that's just like breaking up on a text message with a girl. I think it's I think it's rotten. I think it's the wrong way to do things. And I just think it's lame. I really do. You put fans put their heart and souls into this guy for nine years and you broke up on a text message. At least have the courage to come out and say what you were going to say. And he just went dark. He went dark and the deadline passed for the Islanders to give him the eighth year and silence, complete and total silence. So I have a really hard time with the way that he did it. I don't have much of a problem with that he did it. Uh, Talk to me next year when I go to an Islanders game and I don't pull out my number 91 jersey. But I really don't have a problem with what he did. I mean, I go back and forth on it, but I don't – I really just don't – I really just don't have a problem with it. Well, I'm a little confused, though. You don't have a problem with what he did. You have a problem with how he handled it. Would you have preferred – how would you have preferred that he have done it? If he didn't – if he was not sure before the year so the trade couldn't be – so a trade with Toronto couldn't have been made. And the other question you okay, always have so to the, figure out, figure, and this is a, this is, sounds terrible, but if you're going to Toronto, you don't want to deplete their assets either, if you know this. So why would you request correct. the trade? No, no, no. I don't have a problem even not not getting a trade. So, uh, so there are two issues I have here. Number one, all last year, he said I want to be on the island. I want to. Uh, there's no place I want to be more than here. Yada yada yada. So gotcha. when the Islanders were going to try and trade him at the middle of the season to another team, Toronto or otherwise, to recoup some assets for him, he said, I don't want to be traded, so please don't trade me. Okay, so they didn't do it. Now, was there a no-movement clause? No, they could have traded him. They really could have, expecting his wishes. So they didn't trade him. This whole nonsense in the last month of bringing – if it was just between the Islanders and Toronto this whole time, why were there meetings with San Jose? Why were there meetings with Tampa Bay? Why were there meetings with all these other teams when, if in the back of your mind, you knew it was either the Islanders or Toronto? Why? Why put on a facade? You knew you were getting your money. Your money was never going to be an issue. The Islanders offered, reportedly, offered more money than Toronto. You knew you were getting your money. You knew you could have gotten the eighth year. You could have gotten the proverbial Isaiah Thomas backing up the Brinks truck for me. That all could have happened. But you chose not to do that. Again, I don't have a problem with him leaving. Look, it hurts. It hurts. Anytime you have a homegrown star that leaves, it hurts. You know this with Zach Parisi. It hurts. But when the guy goes home, he has a reason to go you have less of an issue with it. And I don't have an issue with him leaving. I have an issue with the crap that happened before. If he knew it was just the Islanders in Toronto, he could have said that a month ago. 
and he didn't. And I'll tell you, if he said it was the Islanders or Toronto a month ago, the Islanders fans would have, A, understood, and B, said, you know what? If we lose them, we lose them. We're losing them to the hometown team, just the way it is. Okay. It'll, it'll hurt next year. It'll hurt. Look, right now you're in the off season. You don't see the team as much after tomorrow. Well, after a couple of days from now when free agency really ends, you really don't think about hockey, or you probably shouldn't think about hockey unless you play or work for the Islanders until October. So out of sight, out of mind. Like right now, the, the, as a Knicks fan, you're not belaboring the fact that the Knicks only got Edens Canner. It's out of sight, out of mind. But when you go to training camp and you realize that the Knicks team sucks or that John Tavares is not there, it's fresh in your heart. And the first meeting, I believe, of Tavares coming to, I believe it's Nassau Coliseum, actually, will be February, mid-February. And I'd be surprised, you know, if he just said, I'm going to Toronto a month ago, I don't think you'd have any issue with the Islander faithful, and they'd all give him a round of applause. I really do, even though he was leaving. With what happened, I have a really hard time thinking it's going to be 100%. I think it's probably going to be 50-50. And that's a bad way to leave. It's pretty much what LeBron did to Cleveland. I mean, the first time or the second time? No, the first time. I think this time people yeah. understood. Yeah, I, I do too. I think people uh, – so, so okay, so we got – so hockey, that was what I was talking about with the Kevin Durant type of thing. It's a top ten player, maybe a top five player leaving, going to Toronto. Toronto at some point is going to have to deal with all their younger players getting contracts. But as we've seen in Pittsburgh and as we've seen in Chicago, that can happen with some salary cap gymnastics. It can Salary cap gymnastics notwithstanding, when you get a guy for probably a quarter of his worth, you don't need salary cap gymnastics. And Golden State did it again last night. I'm not sure it's the perfect. I'm not sure it's the perfect signing for them. I'm not sure it's even a good signing for them. But it's a signing, and it means that he's not on the Pelicans. It means he's not on the Lakers. It means he's not on the Rockets. All of which had this number, which I believe is about $5.8 million, 5.8 million available. They all had that exemption available, but none of them had Boogie Cousins. And Golden State, once again, has what people are identifying on Twitter as the Death Star. Yeah, hard to imagine that the Warriors were able to sign, you know, albeit an injured, Boogie Cousins. But when healthy, one of the two or three best centers in the league for a million dollars less than the Knicks signed Mario Hazonia for. Um, you know, JaVale McGee goes to the Lakers, and we'll talk about the Lakers and their curious signings, I guess, is a delicate way to put it in a minute. But Golden State, look, Cousins has a bad reputation. We all know this. I agree his style of game does not fit Golden State, but when you have the opportunity to bring in somebody of that magnitude without losing anyone on a one-year kind of let's see how this plays out. And I think the expectation is that if for some reason, if, if he can play healthy and play up to his, you know, and play 
you know, 75% of his potential, his big contract will be coming from somewhere other than Golden State next year. But, I mean, this season's over. The season's been over the last four years. <laughs> At least in the East, we now have some interest in where exactly it's going to go. But, Bob Myers, I mean, Joe Lacob, must be nice to have, to have an all-pro call you and say, look, I want to sign for your mid-level exemption. Yeah. I mean, but, it just but, must be nice. But, okay, so there's a great piece by Zach Lowe, who I, one of the writers I really respect on ESPN. And he says, he wrote this this morning, uh, you know, last night I was very much in, holy cow, here's Boogie Cousins playing for Golden State. How can they be stopped? Blah, 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 blah. I get it. I'm with you. I hear, I, I hear it. I see it. In my mind, I see a Boogie Cousins that runs up and down the floor, is the Lob City guy to – I love how Lob City has become so germane now to, to the lexicon of us, that he becomes the Lob City partner to Stephen Curry, the pick-and-roll partner to Stephen Curry, which Stephen Curry has not had ever on this team. There has not been that, that pick-and-roll Kevin Love, DeMarcus Cousins type player. There's a reason Boogie Cousins wasn't getting max money from any other team except for the Pelicans at the time. And there's a reason the Pelicans didn't offer him any more than a two-year deal. Boogie Cousins is a malcontent. I think that's the best word to use. He has worn out his welcome everywhere. He is the Nick Lelouch of the, of the NBA. Him and JaVel yep. McGee are the Nick Lelouch. Yep. I got a million. Nuke I got a million. No, it's Nuke. Nuke. Oh, Nuke Lelouch. Nuke, you're right. Well, Nick Nuke, he couldn't spell it anyway. It's a million dollar arm and a ten cent head, and that's what these guys are. And I'm not saying they're not great players because when they want to be, you're right. Boogie Cousins could be the best center in the NBA, hands down. Talent wise, probably Kent is the best center in the NBA when he's healthy. But, man, that guy has never been dedicated, healthy. How many different ways to Sunday can you say it? He doesn't play the type of ball that Golden State plays. He's not up and down. He's bringing in the middle. He, I was amazed by the figure yesterday that I read that he averaged five turnovers a game last year. So, to put that in perspective, when I used to play fantasy basketball, turnovers were a negative rating. Right, you didn't want turnovers. You still don't want turnovers, but certainly not in, in fantasy basketball. And the one guy that I had, I had Allen Iverson on my team. Allen Iverson was a great player, fantasy-wise too. He he had steals. He had he had three-point percentage. He had shooting percentage. He had scoring. He had it all. But he also averaged four turnovers a game, and he killed my team just in turnovers alone. That's a point guard, guys. That's a guy that that's a guy that brings up the ball every every play. He's got he's got the ball in his hands every single play. He averaged four turnovers a game. Boogie Cousins averaged five. I think that's just an insane amount of turnovers for a big guy, especially a guy that doesn't pass out of the post. So next year. I think they hold him back until after the All-Star break because I don't think there's any reason to keep him. 
And look, I mean, he's good when you say, Boogie, I need a basket. And he goes and gets a basket when, when Curry's off and Thompson's off and Green's off and Iguodala, I can keep going. Any all-star on the team, Durant, didn't even remember him. They're all off. Go get me a bucket underneath. But overall, I, I'm not sure this is a positive other than he keeps, they keep Boogie Cousins off another team. I wouldn't quite go to that degree, but um, I understand your point. I read the Zach Lowe article this morning as well. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like when Rodman came to the Bulls and where, or when, I guess, Randy Moss came to the Patriots. The franchise already has their tiers. He's, you know, he's coming in at best, if healthy and at his prime, the third or fourth best player on this team. And he's not at that. So when you look at, it's not like, you know, they can get rid of him. It doesn't work. They write him off, call it a day. And they'll still be the favorite to win the championship. True. So to me, this is a very, it's a no harm, no foul signing with, an, with a high, with a high, high ceiling and no real floor. Because at the end of the day, if you're not happy with them, you have Jordan Bell. You have Damon, Damian Jones. And they're going to get a lot of time in the beginning of the year because Cousins is recovering from his ACL. So we'll determine, okay, how do they fit the offense, how do they fit this team, so on and so forth. So to me, you're signing an all-pro at a mid-level exemption who is going to really want – also, who who's going to be hungry? Not really, not per se for the championship, although I'm sure he is, but to kind of remake his image so he can get his big contract in 2019. So he yeah. will be motivated. Uh, I, I, he will he will be you know again. You have Curry and Durant. You have Kerr. You have Thompson and Green. They're not going to let Cousins pull this kind of crap because if they do, they'll simply get rid of him. And he knows yeah, it. but Seth, we, yeah, but we have to. Th- okay, so last year at the end of the year, look, I'm not saying you're wrong, okay? And nobody knows. You don't know. I don't know. Any of the sports writers don't know. But at the end of the year last year, there was a lot of rumblings that this is not the cohesive unit that we all thought it was, right? I mean, David West pointed out, Clay Thompson pointed right. out, a couple of people. There were rumblings. There were real serious rumblings that there. It's like, let's peek behind the curtain, and it ain't so rosy. This right. is not the guy you bring in to make things rosier. <laughs> this is the guy no. you, you, you bring in if you want the cards to fall, if you want the house of cards to fall down. And that's the only, really, the only significant risk in this is that he wants, he, he, he's like, I'm in it for me. I need to get mine, and I get that can just they can get rid of him, but what kind of effect does he have on the rest of the team? And, look, it's, it's a limited risk. I get it. I get that. But it's still a risk. It's still a risk to have. So we had some other signings, like kind of the king leaving Cleveland. And you and I were right on Paul George. He stayed, but he stayed for – Two years, not one, or three years. Sorry, three years, three years. not one. Three years with a player option three years. before. 
which was a little surprising for me that he committed that much. And then we were absolutely dead wrong with LeBron, who did the identical contract in the Lakers, which is the first time since his rookie contract with, sorry, the first time since his rookie contract while he was in Cleveland, so exclude the Miami stint, that he has signed for more than one year, which I find amazing, actually. He's been, he's been doing one-and-ones for his entire career because he's been banking on himself. And he puts three years in an option and a whole lot of trust into Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka, But that trust is not, as far as I'm concerned, for the 2018-2019 season. I don't no. know what they're doing there. I mean, they're, 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 they're fishing and cutting bait on 18 and 19. But Magic doesn't have to, Magic doesn't have to resign. He brought in his, his, his fish. Now, I mean, what this all comes to, the only thing that I can come up with, Look, I understand why LeBron wanted to leave. I have no problem with it. I have no. I like the letter that Gilbert wrote. Again, he won his championship. He did his job. The team wasn't going anywhere. I, I get why he wanted to go to L.A. His family, you know, he, his family likes it there. He's got business holdings out there. The idea of playing for the Lakers, although I find this greatest Laker ever conversation so asinine that I don't even know where to begin. Um. You don't just because you play for a team for three years doesn't make you the greatest of a franchise. Um, you know, you it's not when you have Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and Kobe and Wilt. I mean, Wilt kind of fits that. And Kareem. But, and Kareem, who was there for 10 years, and, and Shaq, if you want. You know, to be there three or four years at the tail end of your prime or after your prime, it's not even a discussion point. To me, it's mad, you know, you look, it's magic, it's magic, Jerry, Elgin. And Kareem are, the, are your four because those that were there for significant, significant periods of time. And again, Kobe. I actually have Kobe behind all of them. But um, I, I look at what they brought in to surround them, and I don't know whether to laugh or to cry. You know, I realize they're all on one-year contracts, and I realize looking at this team, they're going, they're not going very far this year. But the bringing in, especially of Rondo, who had a wonderful year last year in New Orleans and kind of rebuilt himself and his image, um, is makes no sense to me because unless you're not going to bring him in to, to really mentor Lonzo Ball because you're just not going. It's not that's not who you're bringing in to mentor. Are you are you planning to trade Lonzo as part of the Kawhi Leonard? Well, I don't think San Antonio really wants Lonzo because of a. Can you imagine Popovich putting up with Levar Ball? And number two, they have Dejounte Murray, who they're very happy with at the point. So I don't get that. They can't other than KCP, who's an average three point shooter at best. I don't. You know, you have, you have no shooters. You, you renounce Randall, who was your second, who was your best player last year. They're, I know they. I mean, my guess, as you said, they're going after 2019, which is why all these people are on one-year contracts, and they're pretty much seeding the fact that they simply will not be very good this year. Because I don't think the Kawhi Leonard yep. deal is going through. So that's the only thing that I can think of. 
Well, now the question okay. is, if, so, you're, if you're in I, LA, do you open the bank to get Leonard right now? Do you trade all these young guys to get Leonard and just concede that 18 is still going to kind of be a waste? Well, I think it depends on what the con- what the offer is. Number one, are you give? I mean, all these young guys. I'm not giving up Hart, Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball for Leonard for one year of Leonard. That's not happening. That's just and picks. That's just way too much. But the fact is, I loved. I I don't. I'm sorry, but I can't recall who said this. But I love that somebody said LeBron picked all the guys that stood up to him at one point or another. He, he he didn't pick good players. He picked guys that he respected because they stood up to him. I love the fact that Lance Stevenson is on this team. I cannot that's wait for funny. that. Like that 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 I saw that signing. I was like, that, that's the most hysterical thing. Are they going to blow in each other's ear while they're shooting free throws? Like I love it. But the fact is that I saw, I believe, it was by Eton Thomas, or he retweeted it, where he said, so. Uh, so Chris Ball says, uh, sorry, Chris Ball, LeBron James says to Lonzo Ball, if your father opens his mouth, I'm shipping you out to Texas. And I don't mean the good Texas. I mean the bad Texas by the D-League. You're, you're going to the D-League. He opens his mouth, he's out the D-League. Because that's what, unfortunately or fortunately, that's what LeBron James commands, right? Whatever he wants at this point, he's going to get. So, obviously, he has signed off on every single one of these acquisitions, which boggles me because none of them are good players. But if you're looking at Kawhi and you're saying, all right, I, they Kuzma and a first, oh, yeah, done. Not even, not even, not even a shred of, of withdrawal for that, right? That's right, you're done. Do you put in Ingram? No, I hold out. If Ingram's the linchpin to that deal, I don't do it. Because right now they don't have a guy like Ingram. Now, would Kawhi probably replace Ingram? I don't know. It would be an inter. I would love to see those three on the court at the same time, just for defensively. Oh, I could care less. I could oh, no, care defensively? Less. Those three you could weren't... switch on anybody. Oh, I think Ingram is such an overrated player. I have... I mean, I was listening to I was listening to one of the NBA shows on Sirius uh, while driving home from work yesterday. Where obviously, this was the main topic of conversation. And if people want to call it and discuss seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six, and they're saying, well, you know, you don't want to, you don't know if you want to trade him because he's going to be an all star, you know, a couple a couple time all star. In what I'm world, Brandon Ingram? I just, if you can get a top five player in the league and you're telling me that you're giving it, look, you're giving up your prospects. I get it. But you're telling me that Brandon Ingram is the difference between whether you do it or not under any circumstance? Uh, no, not to me. It's, it's okay. a no-brainer. Okay, but, okay, but Seth, Seth, I get what you're saying. However, it's not just Brandon Ingram here. When you're talking Brandon Ingram, you're giving up Brandon Ingram and his rookie contract. It's a difference, I understand. right? It's, I understand. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge difference because – Well, he only well, has those, one more year have, left on his rookie – he only has one year, I believe, left on his rookie contract anyway. This is – Okay. Let me take a look. I'm going to Hoops Hype, right? Is it Hoops Hype where I can look up the contracts? Yeah. 
Hoops Hype or Spotrack, either one would have it. But, yes, Hoops Hype would be one. But he was drafted the year before Ball. Ball was entering his second year. Ingram's entering his third year. I think they have a I think they have a fourth year option on it. So it's this year and next year. So I think it's so I think they do have a fourth year option which they probably have to pick up by uh October, the beginning of the season, which if the Lakers are smart, they'll pick up that fourth year option. Um yeah, I think he has one more year. But the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, rookie contracts are like gold because you have them a player and People think Ingram's going to be an all-star. I'm not necessarily sure of that, but if Ingram bees, if Ingram's a 17 and seven type player, Seth, he's a 20 million dollar player in this NBA. He's Enos Cantor, who's making yeah, 18 and a half million dollars. No, and he's, he's 22. If you're, a, if you're a 17 and seven guy shooting 37, 38 percent from the floor. Then you're not a oh, $20 no, not... million player. Right. I think he's got to oh. shoot better from the floor. But, but again, he's a second-year player or will be a third-year player, right? I mean, he's not okay, – here... he's, tw- he's 22 years old. Yeah. He's a t- – okay, team option. Uh, on tw- obviously, this year is guaranteed. Team option in 2019. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So, so he's got one more – year, your... one more year. This is actually very funny. Because they haven't updated for uh, James' signing yet because as it has to be done, I think, to what, July 6th. So, yep. as of now, the Lakers have $37 million on their, on their, on their payroll. $18 million of it is Luel Deng. Right. <laughs> when does Deng's contract expire? Is it next year or the year after? Next year. Next year. So, so in – so, wait. So, this year and next year, right? So – the same, like Ingram's contract, right? So 18, 18, 1920 is when his contract mm-hmm. expires. That is last year. Yes. So after this year, what the Lakers will do, for those that are not cap people, and if you'd like to call in and talk about the cap, we're happy to do that, 760-283-0846. Why, I would have no idea why you'd want to do that, but we're happy to do it. <laughs> what, the Laker, what the Lakers will do is they will stretch that contract. So they will be yeah. able to make that I believe he's earning 18 million dollars next year both this year and yeah. next year. So if they stretch the contract, I'm not re- I think it's one third, one third and one third. So you can stretch yeah. it over 3 years and only have a cap hit of 6 million a year, which is basically the exemption, which doesn't really hit you very hard. But obviously 18 million in one year hits you a long time. So they don't want to do it this year because then it's over 6 years and this year as you said, Seth this is a dump year, unless they can get a Kawhi Leonard. Now, here's the other thing. Would you be willing, if you are the Lakers, to trade more of the Lakers' stash? So say you're trading both Ball and Ingram and a first-round pick if you can dump Luol Deng on that team as, as a way to get, first of all, you get the salaries in line with Kawhi Leonard and maybe one other player. But you're able to dump that $18 million obligation both this year and next year. And that way no. you open your vault no. next year. No, because San Antonio doesn't have to do it. That's the thing. Agreed. It, the only way you're trading, you know, look, the only interest, the only person of interest that we know about right now is, is Leonard. 
And here's the situation. You know, we talked about this last year with Paul George. He's going, you know, he's going to Lakers. It's a no-brainer. Yes, that's the other thing. And now he just signed a four-year contract with Oklahoma City. If I'm the Lakers, and I know that Philly's going to make a run, I know the Celtics may make a run. And these are teams that legitimately can go to the finals. They're the two favorites in my mind in the East as of now. You think if they trade for Leonard, you think there's a ch- you think there's a chance there's no chance that he resigns there? No, absolutely not. I think you, I think it's absolutely so, a chance. Right. So if you're the Lakers, and you have to make this run at Leonard. That's what you want to do, and that's okay. what I mean. It makes sense. He okay. wants to be there. You're not the the Spurs are are one of the smartest organizations in sports. They're not going to accept well, dang, eighteen million dollar contract. As filler. Okay. They're just not. Even it. So. Well, let me ask you. So if you wait, wait, but okay. So you're giving up Kawhi. Let 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 me fashion a deal off the top of my head without any internet resources whatsoever. Luol Deng's eighteen okay. million dollars. Uh, Ingram's probably four, five or six on this deal, and I know that Ball is like. Hold seven. on, I'm gonna, run, I'm, gonna so, run the, I'm gonna run the ESPN trade machine. So hold on. Okay, let's see if this works. All right, so Lakers and Spurs. Okay. Well, let's let's do Ingram. Ingram's at what? How much how much money is Ingram earning? 6, give or take. Okay. So Ingram's at 6, Ball's at 7, I think. So it's 13. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Ball's at 7. Okay, put in Kuzma. Yep. Okay, now the Lakers will throw in at least one first-round pick, perhaps two, and now throw in Leonard. Does that work? Nope. Who's over? Too big of a Who needs more? Uh, Who needs more? The Lakers, the Spurs need more. The Wait, how much is Leonard is, earning? How much is how much 20. is Leonard earning? Leonard's earning no, twenty. So the Spurs the don't. No, so the Spurs don't. Spurs don't need more. The Lakers need more because that means it's under that cap. Okay, the Lakers need more. So take out Ball and put in Deng. So that's 18. So you're adding 11. Who do the Spurs have on the cap at around 4 or $5 million? Who is this? I don't even know who this guy is. Hold on. Oh, he's a rookie, so they're not doing that. I'm looking here. Is there anybody around the – Four to seven ratio. Four yeah. to seven. The only person, uh, Ginobili. That's not going to happen. Nope. Won't. Won't. Be Bellinelli, who they just. Bellinelli, who they just signed. Can't. Yeah, can't trade him. Can't trade him. I mean, I don't know who Brandon Paul is. So. Brandon Paul's a second-year okay. player. He's at. He's at so one put in million. Brandon Paul. Yeah. Oh, he's at one million. That's not going to do anything. So so hit the hit the trade thing now. You took out ball, right? Or you took yeah, out Yeah, I took Which out ball. I, took out? I took out I took out ball and I put in dang. Okay, so what does that make it? So see if that, that one works. actually works. Okay, so if you have if you put Ingram, Ingram, Kuzma and two first round picks and you're the Spurs, do you take that trade? Hmm. Is that your trade? 
It's right there in front of you. The other combination is I wonder if you – I don't know how much Josh Hart is earning. Um, about, the same as Kuzma, about the same as Kuzma. Okay, so maybe if you added Hart, it may still work. I don't know. Because now you're getting rid of Dang. And if you're the, right. if you're the Lakers, are you willing to throw two first-round picks with both Kuzma and you're basically avoiding all young talent for a couple of years? No, you, no you're keeping Leonard. ball and you're keeping Hart. You're keeping ball and you're okay, keeping well, Hart. Okay, so if you're the Lakers, but, do you do that deal? If you're the Lakers, you do it. You do it. If you're the Spurs, I would come back and see what Philly and Boston offered. I assume okay, Philly so offers. Go, so, well, okay. let's go to Philly. So I believe, so Philly's Philly's offer will probably be Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and a first round pick, and it'll probably be. Miami's first-round pick in 2021. Because they, from all reports, they will not trade Fultz. They will not – the three guys that are off, off limits are Fultz, Simmons, and Embiid. So if those are the three guys that are off limits, would you do Sarich, Covington, and, the number, and that unprotected number one in 2021 to make that deal? A, is that better than the Lakers deal? And B, would you do it? So you're not saddled with it. You're not saddled with any long-term cap problems because there's no. You're, getting, you're also getting. You're also getting him out of the West. You get him out of the West, and you're getting. And you're getting another. You're not giving pick. him what he wants. And you're also not giving him what he wants. Okay. And I don't. In my opinion, there's a, they're not a team that's going to capitulate to. Again, a team that's run, kind of like the Patriots, run number one by Popovich, number two by R.C. Buford, and number three by Peter Holt. You know, this is not They're going to get the best deal. Yeah, they're going to get the best deal. Okay, so that's the deal from Philly. So Covington and and that unprotected 2021 first-round pick that they just acquired from. We didn't didn't throw Fultz in there. We threw in Covington and Sarich. Oh, Covington and Sarich. Sorry, Covington and Sarich and the, the 2021 fully unprotected Miami pick, who Miami may have absolutely nothing by that point. Okay, so that's – and that's, what, three years down the road. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. the second option. The option for the Celtics is really hard, Seth. If you look at their cap space, it's almost impossible. So the, so the Celtics – Need to fashion. I believe Kawhi's earning around eighteen or nineteen million. Am I am I in the he's right a, ballpark he's a, here? He's a, he's at twenty million. Okay, twenty. So eighteen. Yeah, twenty million. So you have to fashion eighteen million dollars at least of contracts to get to Kawhi, because you need to be within ten percent. Because they have very very expensive guys and very very cheap guys. Cheap. Being yeah. being Jason Tatum and. Um, you never remember the Jalen Brown. Yeah, those Brown. guys. Those guys are earning like five, six million dollars because they're still on their rookie contracts too. So if you're going to give up one of the, you can't put Marcus Smart in there because he's a restricted free agent, unless it's in a sign and trade. And quite frankly, I don't think Popovich could deal with a Marcus Smart. I don't think he'd want to deal with a Marcus Smart. So let's eliminate him. Terry Rozier also on a rookie contract. So. 
unless you're giving up a Kyrie Irving, who I'm not exactly sure that Popovich would want with one year left, the Celtics have an impossible deal to make. Unless they're will, yeah. unless the Celtic, unless the Spurs are willing to take trash, trash and a and a boatload of picks, which they could do, but I don't think that's what Popovich is looking for either. So I I thoroughly believe that the Celtics are out. I don't think there's there. I know Ainge is is like the master of all trades. Unless he finds a third party to deal with this, there's no trade they can make that they would be happy with because they'd have to go up either Brown or Tatum. And I'm not even sure cap-wise if they could do that, if they could give up only one of them and still make this work. So I think it's the Sixers or the Lakers, and that's it. I don't think there's another team that has the wherewithal to make this deal. And I'm not sure either one of those trades in a vacuum is worth Kawhi Leonard. In a vacuum, but we're not in a vacuum. I get that too. The next couple of weeks, and remember, this doesn't have to, unlike LeBron, this doesn't have to be decided anytime soon. A Kawhi Leonard trade can take place anytime in the next, till the trading deadline of next year. So you're going to hear about this a whole lot. The question is whether Kawhi will show up at camp. So. All right, so we had a lot of free agent signings over the last couple of days. Which one surprised you most, and which one was the best signing from the team perspective that you saw? Um, sorry, I think the best – I think the guy who did the best for himself um, – Okay. For someone who I don't think was worth anywhere near what he signed for, is Aaron Gordon. Um, yeah, Aaron Gordon to me is a someone. You know what? Someone has. He's still not much of a three-point shooter. He's a great athlete, but the team is going nowhere. They signed. They made the contract. They made the offer because. No one else was going to sign with Orlando. And $21 million a year for four years for Gordon, to me, is obscene. He's just not that good. Um, yeah. And, sorry. What were you going to say? Yeah, but I think for Toronto, I think for Orlando, it's the right move to make because they have to build around somebody. Bamba is not that personality. I'm interested in seeing what what Gordon does. Look, Gordon is at his peak. Is a somebody said this to me yesterday. He's Blake Griffin light, and I think that's a good comparison. He just has never had anybody else giving him the ball. He's never had a point guard. That team's point guards have been Alfred Payton and DJ Augustine. I mean, that's not much of anything. So I'd like to see him with a point guard. Granted, they still don't have one, but that's a whole different story. But I, I, I was surprised. I did a little dyslexia when I saw the when I saw the numbers. I was like, oh, they got him for four years at forty-eight million. That's a great deal for Orlando. <laughs> I was like, that's fantastic. That's twelve million dollars a year. I was like, how did Aaron Gordon not get more than twelve million? And I reloaded the page and I was like, oh, not twelve million. <laughs> 
$21 million a year. I was like, okay, that's about right. Um, but it is. I think, look, they, they, didn't, they didn't give him a five-year deal. They gave him a four-year deal. I think he would have gotten 18 or 19 from Indiana. Um, I'm actually a little surprised Indiana has basically struck out in this free agency pool. I think they'll eventually get Thaddeus Young, well, Thaddeus Young uh, re-up. So I think that was where they were leaving their mark. Um, I loved the Julius Randle signing. I loved it for both teams, for both, for both parties. I think he'll play great next to Anthony Davis. He's an undersized center, but he's willing to play the center position, and Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center at all. So I think that's an appeasement too. And you're getting Julius Randle for two years at 18, as opposed to signing Boogie Cousins for what's that? No, I think it's a, I think I think it's a very good deal for New Orleans. I'm a little surprised I think it's that Randle couldn't get Both. more. I'm a little surprised Randle well, couldn't I, get more. Well, I think again it comes down to how many teams had room, right? You had Dallas sure. using all their cap room on DeAndre Jordan, who only took a one-year deal, which I'm a little surprised that the Mavericks didn't go after Clint Capella. And I mean, really go after Clint Capella. But he hasn't re-signed yet with anybody. But right now, the, the Rockets are making out like bandits because there is no team that has room for Clint Capella right now at a max deal. None. They've all used up their cap room. So he may sign that restricted contract this year and come out as an unrestricted next year. But Dallas getting DeAndre Jordan at one year, I think goes exactly what we talked about last week in that Dallas is not, um, not breaking it down. They can't because they don't have their first round pick next year. So they're going to be going for it again in the West. The West is, if there was any year that we talk about the seeding should be one through 16, I think next year is is the year because there was something somewhere that I read that there, since 2012, there is not one all-NBA player right now that's in the East. How insane is that? Not one. Giannis did did not make first team. What's that? Giannis didn't make first team. No. All right. Well, I mean, when I look at that, and yeah, look, we all know how one-sided the conferences are. I mean, real realistically, Giannis is a first-team All-NBA player, and Embiid is a first-team All-NBA player if he can stay healthy. So, agreed. You know, those are your, those are your two best players. The other deal that I kind of wanted to say quickly, I mean, that's one that's really talked about very much. I thought the Raptors did really well getting Fred Van Vliet for two years at 18. Okay. Um, I think he's, I think he's extraordinarily, been extraordinarily solid in Toronto. Um, actually, it was, according to ESPN, RPM, which I guess is one of the ratings that they do, has him rated as the league's 10th best point guard, which is ironic considering he's a backup. Um, it does get, if you decide to trade DeRozan or more, more accurately, trade Lowry, um, it gives you an automatic. You know, it's not a position you need to fill. I, I think it's. I think it's a very good signing for Toronto. And really, 
this, you know, we thought last year was their last run. This year may be it. You know, with LeBron out, I, I mean, they still wouldn't be favored to me over Boston or Philly. But, you know, tr- Cleveland has always been their issue. No one else. So, I like that so we talk- a lot. So, there was something brought up, and, and I'm going to switch a little topic here because we can talk free agency until the cows come home, and we'll, we'll definitely touch upon this a little bit more next week. But there was a proposition brought out by the uh, Houston Rockets last week in the NBA governor's meetings, which was tabled, but an interesting proposition at that. They have proposed, and the Celtics have seconded, doing free agency before the draft. Starting free agency in May, or, or putting the draft after free agency. Like, you, it doesn't matter when you do the draft. You can do the draft any time after the NCAA is over, and you can do free agency anytime the NBA finals are over. So if you, start free, if you just flip the two, so you start free agency the last week in, in June, and you start the NBA draft the first week in July instead of the way it is today. And the rationale that they had was, why should I have to go into a draft? Why should I have to go into free agency, sign a LeBron James, when I just saw, when I just drafted a small forward, so that guy, that rookie, is not going to get any play whatsoever because I just signed the best guard in the NBA or the best whatever you want to call LeBron in the NBA. I'd rather know what I'm getting as far as LeBron first, and then I can draft the young guys, so they are not stuck behind guys that they will never play. I don't think it's a bad concept. I think it's what the NFL does. So I don't have a big deal. I, I think it's actually worthwhile. I think change is hard. And I think it, it might take a couple of years, but I think that's the right way to go about it. I was wondering your thoughts. I agree. Completely agree. See, see yeah. no reason. See, I, I completely agree. I'll just stop it there. Yeah. You articulated I mean, it. Well. I, I, I didn't think it was going to be that quick of a conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. So, um, we, we have the dog days of summer ahead of us in the next couple of weeks. So I know, uh, and Carly, Seth's beloved wife, is pregnant and will be having a baby soon. So I'm sure we will be having times where I will be hosting alone or finding a sub. So if you are one of our loyal listeners and you'd like to have the opportunity of hosting with either myself or Seth in the upcoming weeks, we are happy to have you because, really, there's going to be a time where Seth's not going to be able to do this show. I'm sure there'll be a time I am not as well. We've had those cases in the in the last couple of weeks, and we prefer not to have one-man shows because you don't want to hear just one of us for an hour. It just doesn't work out too well. So feel free to email us at sethandtronsports at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook at Seth and Sean Sports Radio or on Twitter, always, at Seth and Sean Sports. I think it's just Seth and Sean. It's at Seth and Sean. So find us there. Yep. But, but we'd be happy to have any or all of you uh, co-hosting these shows in the upcoming weeks, especially if you are an Islanders fan and you'd like to reminisce about the good old days with John Tavares, not that there were many of those, but happy to do it. And But let's get back to your beloved, well, ex-beloved Nets. They haven't done anything. And I'm surprised. Are you? No. Actually, I like what they've done. Ed Davis, I actually really like the Ed Davis pickup for a really for four million. 
um, who I think is a really solid rotational big man. Um, I've always Agreed. actually liked him. Joe Harris, I knew they wanted to resign. Did they overpay? Probably a little bit, but not horrendously for a two-year, $16 million deal. And the reality is, what are they signing here? You're not going to get any of the big names. Next year, most likely, first of all, you'll see, you'll, you'll be able to make better determinations on what you want to sign. If you want to sign Hollis Jefferson to an extension, if you want to sign Russell to an extension, and they're going to have room for some max players in a huge free agent pool. To sign, yes. you know, to sign a Aaron Gordon or Jabari Parker for $20 million a year, you know, I'd rather them save their money and, you know, and put it towards, in my mind, better places. You know, this, look, this is their last year, in my mind, of, you know, look, the Celtics trade is going to, the remnants of the Celtics trade are going to live on for another decade. But at least now they're back on an even playing field. So, to me, I can handle one more. I, there's nobody that I think was a desperate need signing. You know, Howard, I don't even know what their con- – I'm actually curious what their contracts are looking like at this point. Because it can't well, be Howard is going to be – well, Howard's going to be bought out. So Howard's going right. to so – Howard, this is going to be – Howard's not going to play. So and, – and that was going to be my next question. By next week – which will be over the 6th. The 6th is on Friday, so he'll be bought out on Friday. Do you believe – what team do you believe Dwight Howard will be on next week? Before our show, I believe he will be signed. What team? Hmm. I only got one in my mind. I don't even have, I don't even have that. Um, so I, think he, I think he goes to the Lakers. On a one-year deal, a prove-it deal again. After what happened. That was my first thought, but considering they just signed McGee, I know, and what happened the last time he was in L.A., I don't see it. Okay, that's um, fair. I can see I don't have more one. to kind of maybe somebody like Milwaukee. I mean, but I guess I don't know if you want him influencing a, a, that young of a team. Yeah, it's funny. I'm looking at I'm looking at the Nets right now. The only two guaranteed yeah. contracts for next year. You're gonna laugh. Alan, well, player option. Alan Crabb at 18 million. He's gonna he's going to most likely stay in. Yeah. The opt only in. guaranteed yep. contract. Thank you. Often the only guaranteed contract as of now for five million dollars. Darren Williams. The first round pick. No, well, no, they, no, no, they have their they have their first round picks in the last two years. Maybe it's with Dundee. What's the Maybe center? It's with before. What? Oh, what's Allen, the center Jared there? Allen. Team option. There's a team yeah. option for Jared Allen and team option, and a team option for okay. Terrence Levert. Now, and who was their still... pick? And who was their pick this year? They they had a first rounder, Musa. right? Musa. Or did they... Fine, Musa. Yeah, Musa, who's not on yeah. this. I'm only looking at what. So this was done prior to okay. the draft. Darren Williams okay. is. So they have a couple. Right. They don't. But they're have looking a... at literally thirty-two exactly. million dollars, thirty-five million dollars in contracts. So they'll have a plenty of room next year to to do what they yep. want to do. Okay. So last so, five minutes here. 
If you are an Islanders fan, do not despair. Just, just don't. We've been through this before. We lost Pat LaFontaine. We lost Pierre Turgeon, and we recovered. Are we a Stanley Cup team today? No, we're not. But if you looked at us in March, you would have said we would have lost Tavares because I thought we were going to lose Tavares in March. If we're going to lose Tavares, we're going to have Garth Snow, we're going to have Doug Waite. And who knows what's going to happen. Now we have Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz, a Stanley Cup coach, and we had a, a fantastic draft. We really did. We had probably the best draft in the NHL. And for those that think Tavares was a once-in-a-generation talent, he was. He was, and he's in this prime. He's 29 years old. But we can use that money elsewhere, and we will, and we'll be fine. It may take a couple of years. I said last year it would set us back five years. Uh, that may be a little overstating, maybe four, maybe three. Barzell may become that guy. I don't know. It would have been nice to have JT, but we'll recover. We always do. So don't don't despair. Oh, I'm not. Well, okay, I guess this is me then. Um, <laughs> an interesting world. I didn't know if you were going to say anymore. An interesting World Cup, to say the least. Um, you know, it's been fascinating, first of all, to see how successful they've been for the most part with the video, although they kind of blew a game, blew something last a uh, couple of days ago in the Spain Russia um, semi uh, round of 16 matchup. But. It is kind of amazing when you look at when you look at what's left, and you, there is one side that is extraordinarily stacked, and then there is another side where it is wide open. You're looking right now. You have Uruguay, France, and Brazil, Belgium on Friday, and then Russia, Croatia, and then the winner of Sweden, Switzerland, and the winner of Colombia and England on on Saturday. I'm not sure that any of these top four, the first four teams that are playing the quarters would be, would be the favorite to come out of the bottom half. But it has been fun. Belgium, an amazing comeback yesterday. Sad to see Ronaldo and Messi out, but neither team really deserved to be there. And it kind of, it kind of reminds me of the Olympics in regards to, I love it when it's going on and then I'm ready for it to be over when it's done. And hopefully in 2022 in Qatar, the U.S. will be there, which will make it even a little bit more interesting considering how much young talent they have between Pulsnich and Wea and Sargent and all these other guys. But otherwise, enjoy the rest of the World Cup. For Sean Palmer... Viva la France! Viva, Viva la France! Viva la France! This is the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Happy 4th, everybody. See ya.